let us sit in the presence of a God who declares you clean. You have been forgiven. And we can stop there today. You are loved, you are forgiven, and your past is not held against you. And I welcome you to that this morning. To a God who formed the world and the universe, and he made you and knit you together in your mother's womb. And he says, I love you. He says, I call you by name. You are my son, you are my daughter. You are clean. And so I invite you to sit in that for a minute. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. It's not how we normally start a service here. But we have an opportunity this morning. We have a chance to meet God. Who loves us. And wherever you're at, whatever has gone on in your life this week, or this year, or the past 70 years of your life, come in this place and breathe deep the overwhelming, the immeasurable grace of God. Open your heart to him this morning. Just take a moment where you're at and bear your soul to him. Cry out your need of him. head bowed, your eyes closed. The word of the Lord. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? My tears have been my food by day and by night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the people and lead them in the procession to the house of God. With glad shouts and a song of praise and a multitude keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep. And at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. And by day, the Lord commands his stead 
steadfast love. And in night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre. Oh God, my God. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. God, you have spoken. Let us listen, and may we respond this morning. We pray this in the only name that is worthy, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. My name is Luke. I am the family pastor here, and man, it is an honor to open up God's word with you this morning. Whew, isn't this good? We get to sit with one another, brothers and sisters, before our God, hear him speak to us. It's good. So I just got back um, from Colorado last night, about 8.45, 9-ish, with a group of our students, uh, seven days out in the middle of nowhere without a shower. Uh, It was awesome. Uh, Not the not having shower part, but Colorado was awesome. And we did some rock climbing, we got to do some hiking, um, and we did some tubing down a river, and man, it was an incredible experience for our students to get away from everything and to see through uh, what one of the guides called a window, that is the Rocky Mountains. See through this majestic window of mountains to see that God is big. Bigger than we could ever imagine. That he is uh, so detail-oriented in everything that he's created. And then here we stand on top of this 12,000-foot hill (laughs) with a group of guys. And our girls are hiking and seeing some other incredible things. And we're reminded how big he is. And yet how small we are through this amazing window. But yet he whispers to us, I love you. I am with you. I am for you. And so, man, it is a joy and an honor to come and open God's word with you as we continue our series called Inhale, Exhale. So everyone do this. Take a deep breath in. And then breathe out. Will you inhale impacts your heart. 
and what you exhale impacts others. This is the big idea for us for this whole entire summer as we walk through the book of Psalms. And last week we heard some incredible stories, uh, power, powerful stories of transformation of people who have inhaled the grace of God. And they are exhaling that grace in, in their lives and in their workplaces. And God is using them. And he is using our church as a whole. And we are constantly reminding ourselves of our desperate need of God. And we come this morning to Psalm 42, which we read uh, together just a moment ago. Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. And I invite you, if you have your Bible, to, to grab it, open it up. If it's on your phone, that's cool. If not, there's usually some in the aisles or in the back. Um, I think even if you wanted a Bible, if you raise your hand, I know some, some cool guys and gals that would just run, grab you one, and bring you one. Um, so there you go. There's one over there. If somebody grab me a Bible, that'd be awesome. Two of them. Holler, thank you. Uh, see, we like people around here. We help. It's good stuff. So in Psalm 42 and 43... We come to a passage that is very interesting. And in fact, these two in most Hebrew manuscripts are the same passage. They don't break them up in most of the ancient manuscripts. And some commentators even believe that this is written by David. And it's given to, uh, as you see in the top of the heading, the sons of Korah. These would be some music people, some, some ministers of music. They would come and sing these songs. And this is coming from a story most commentators believe of David when his son Absalom revolts and wants to take the throne. And there's a whole history you can go in and read more about that with just deception and murder that happened in the family in the line of David. And in the middle of this, David flees out into the country, into some mountains, and into a range of wilderness. And he begins to listen and pray. And as we were out in the wilderness, one of the things that the guides told us is that if you don't like yourself, you don't want to be in the woods because you will be confronted with every part of yourself. Because as you're climbing up the hill, you're having to sit there and battle your mind. Like, you can keep going. You can keep going. And not only that, we're not just hiking. Anybody been hiking before? Like some mountain climbing? A little bit? A little bit? All right. So you know what they give you, right? One of those big packs, and they throw like 30 pounds of gear in it and all your food and your sleeping bag and your tents and all that. So not only are we hiking, now we've got this extra weight. And what was fun for our guys, the, the trail that I was on, it was like pretty much vertical. Like this the whole time, which made it super fun uh, for me in particular. I'm like, I'm getting there. Hang on. All right. And the dudes are just like running up. I'm like, oh, to be young, man, that would be awesome. And they're just like flying up that mountain, and I'm just like dying on it. I have this pack on, and we come to this place in this wilderness, and it's hard. It's difficult because we're having to battle ourselves and just keep taking a step, even though, like, my legs are on fire and I'm, like, the backpack's like all pinching me all funny and I'm just like, what's going on? I wanted my bed and my house and my comfort. But for us as believers, God doesn't invite us into a story of comfort. He invites us into a story of purpose, of value. And we have to face that reality. In Psalm 42, we come to that reality here. And so it begins this way. As a deer, verse 1, chapter 42, as a deer pants for the flowing streams, so pants my soul for God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? One of the first things the guides taught us on the trail was how to pack that really heavy pack. And this morning, we're going to read these verses, and we're going to essentially learn how to pack our packs so that as we walk through this life, we will be prepared to face every possible situation because we have hope that God is with us. Amen? And that's where we're going this morning. And that's exactly what happens here. 
David, or the psalmist writes, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, God. This morning, if you come in this place and you think your life is just, I've got this, I've got to just pull myself up by my bootstraps and i just got to move forward and just kind of just bury through whatever situation or whatever struggle you're going through, I want to encourage you this morning and ask you a question. Do you desire the divine or are you desiring diversions? Are you desiring God and all that he is? Are you desiring things that can take your mind off of it? Because that's what I wanted to do on the trail. I wanted to like think of anything other than the pain that was going on in my legs and the, the, the weight that was on my back. I wanted to think about anything other than that. But you can't. Otherwise, you miss what's in front of you. You miss what's ahead. And I think we do this so often in our Christian life. I know I am so guilty of this. That I think about wanting the things of God. But really, I just want to be comfortable. I want to be in my house. I want the food to come right out of the fridge and be ready to eat. I don't want to take time to prepare a place to shelter if it starts raining or snowing or difficult times come in my life. I want it to be easy. And maybe you've been there before. The reality is, are our souls panting yearning, longing for God. Because notice here, the psalmist writes, when shall I come and appear before God? When shall I come and appear? Because what had happened was, David was no longer in Jerusalem. He was no longer in the temple area that he could go and worship God. He felt alone and isolated and in despair and depression. Because he was not able to find the thing that ultimately satisfies him. That's why he starts out with this call. I long for you. My soul thirsts. I need the source of life. And he goes on to say, my tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? So he's in the middle of this depression. He's calling out. He's asking God, what is going on? And he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng, with the people of God, and lead them in a procession to worship, to the house of God. What we're seeing from the psalmist is he's not as worried about the things going on around him, but he, what he is realizing is that he is missing communion and connection with the God of the universe. I've got some exciting news for you. God doesn't just happen in this place. God does not just happen on a Sunday morning or a Monday night when we gather and sing some songs and open up his word together. God of the universe, through Jesus Christ, meets you exactly where you're at. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your life, no matter the despair or the darkness or the shadows that you may be walking in, or the difficult work situation, or the relationship uh, struggle that you may be having in your home or with your extended family, whatever's going on, God says, I'm with you. I am with you. Therefore, we will have hope because we no longer have to be distant and alienated from our God. But through Jesus Christ, as we remember and celebrate communion, he is drawn near to us. Isn't that good? That's good stuff. That there is no longer this division and our souls ache and long for God. And guess what? Every moment of every day, your soul can be satisfied. The question is, do you desire the divine or you desire the comfort and the diversions? Do you allow the diversions to overtake what God's doing in your life? What I love about this psalm, one of the things that I think um, we struggle with as believers, 
is that when we come to God, we think we have to have it all figured out. That as soon as we say yes to Jesus, life changes, there's no more pain, there's no more struggles, and I can't doubt God because I know he's supposed to be good. Has anybody been there before, like you doubt and you feel bad about doubting? Little hand raise. We're, we're, we're friends, we're family. Okay, what's cool? Thank you. Um, I had some really good news for you today. God is bigger than your doubts. And I'm going to give you permission to let him work those out in your life. If you have doubts, if you have struggles, I had a conversation with one of our students this past week, and I'm like, I just, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And I said, thank you for your honesty, because guess what? God can handle your doubts. He is big enough to take on your doubts and your worries and your fears. He can handle that. And that's exactly what the psalmist is doing as he's crying out in verses 3 and 4. He's saying, my tears have been my food. Where are you, God? These people are calling out to me. Where is my God? And what's going on? Where are you, God? Can you imagine that? He was the king, and now he's been exiled in a way, running away, fearing for his life. And he calls out, God, where are you? Martin Luther called it the dark night of the soul. Guess what? Even there, God is present. Whatever you're struggling with, wherever you feel like your doubts are overwhelming you, that you can't trust or believe in God, he's big enough to take those on. And he loves you enough to take those on with you. And so I give you permission in your doubt to wrestle with it. But let's continue to move forward in the passage because it's powerful. Because then, even in his doubts, he remembers that he wants to meet with God, that his soul longs and yearns for God. But in verse 5, check this out. Why are you downcast, or why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. In your doubts, don't just sit there. But speak to your soul. Call it out. And you have to just go for it. And he just does that right here. He says, why are you downcast? Why are you in turmoil? Hope in God. He preaches the message of the gospel to himself. And he says, hope in God. And when you are in the place of despair and darkness and shadow, speak to your soul. Preach the word of God. And if you don't have the words to say, guess what? He's giving you the words. Read the Psalms out loud. As you drive in your car, pray out loud and cry those tears. Or if there's joy, let them out and speak to your soul the truths that you know. One of the things that I love about music that we sing is it's really portable theology. It's like por- music is theology you put in a suitcase and you carry with you everywhere you go. And that's exactly what the book of Psalms is. And what we just read is essentially the chorus of Psalm 42 and 43. It's this portable theology that the psalmist has to continue to repeat to himself because sometimes his doubts creep up like a big wave and they look like they're about to overtake him and he has to speak hope in God my salvation my God and we have to remind ourselves over and over and over again and that's okay because God wants us to continually be reminded of who he is of who he is And I love that, that God is bigger than our doubts and that we are able to speak to our souls the hope that we have in God. One author says it like this, Hope is the conviction that despite what we may see and experience, everything is not meaningless. Here 
is order amid chaos. This is what hope is. It's order amidst chaos. There's a story driving all things to a culmination. We have a hope in the midst of despair and darkness. It means all of this, all of life, every situation, every hurt, every bump and bruise and scar that has happened in your life, God is working out in a story to tell a great story of his glory and his majesty and how loved we are as a people. And there's something special about that. When we can begin to shift our mindset, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as Romans 12 tells us. As we see that change, that yes, this may be difficult. Yes, that mountain I climbed that was like all vertical, and then one day the guys got to lead, our group of guys, they had the compass and the map, and the guys just kind of took a back seat, and we got lost, and it was all up rocks, and I'm like literally like Spider-Manning up those rocks. Yes, it was hard, but it wasn't meaningless. Because in that, I got to experience God in ways I haven't in a long time. It wasn't meaningless, but man, whew, it hurt. I'm still hurting. Rock climbing, man, like my forearms were on fire and it hurt. But man, it was worth it. Because I got to experience God through his people, through his creation, in ways I would not seen before. As we move forward in the scripture, he still struggles. He still has to wrestle with what's going on. He says, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon and from Mount Mazar. So he's out in these places and he's saying, I wish I was with you, God, but I am out in this desolate place. And he says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. What's interesting about this phrase is deep calls to deep. We think that's like a, a spiritual song. I mean, there's lots of worship songs that say deep calls to deep. What it's actually saying here is when it rains, it pours. Has anyone ever experienced that in your life? Like something bad happens and you're like, oh no, here it comes, right? Like it rains, it pours, and it's one thing after the next. And the psalmist is still in this place. God, could you just turn off the water faucet for a bit? It is pouring on me. It is raining and my heart is wrecked. But he continues and he goes on. Remember, God is bigger than his doubt and he has to speak to his soul. And he says, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night his song is with me. He's having to remember the presence and the love of God. Can we just pause for a second? Did you know that the Lord sings over you? And he delights over you? Just like many of us have done with our children as we hold them as little babies. And we sing over them our love for them. The God of the universe holds you in the midst of your hurt and your despair. And he sings a song of love over you. Is that refreshing? Like water for a parched soul? He loves you. He's for you. And goes on to say, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As deadly wounds in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? So again, hear this loud and clear. God is bigger than your doubts. But you have to continually speak to your soul because doubts can seem overwhelming like great waves that want to just drive you down into the depths of the sea. And he says, and he calls it out. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. That conviction that this is not meaningless, this pain is not wasted But God is writing a story that is 
so unbelievably beautiful, we just can't see it yet. So therefore, we will hope. I love in 1 Corinthians, we often know this from uh, weddings, it's a passage they call the love passage, because it says love is patient, love is kind, love is, and it goes on and on. But I love at the end of it, it says, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And I think often about that passage, because we have a faith in God, in Jesus Christ right now. But guess what? One day, that faith will become sight. We're to walk by faith in this moment, but soon and very soon, my friends, we will walk by sight and see Jesus face to face. And our hope is this conviction of things unseen, but one day that hope will become reality. But through it all, God's love is holding it all together. And everything that we experience in this life of faith and hope God's love is present, and that hope that we have in God will one day become a reality. And we have to remind ourselves of that. We have to preach the sermon of the gospel that God loves us and is made a way through Jesus Christ to our souls. I will praise him, my salvation, and my God. And he goes on down in verse 43, and he calls out some more. He's like, God, where are you? But I want us to key in on verse 3 of chapter 43 for a second. The psalmist says, it's a prayer, it's a request that he has of God. And he says, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to the God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise him with the lyre, or as I like to say, a guitar. Because um, that's what it would have been back in the day. Oh God, my God. I love, he says, let your light and truth Lead me. Let your light and truth lead me. Because again, you remember the psalmist, he's in this place of isolation and despair and he's far from God. But he calls out to God, draw me back. Lead me back into your presence, into your dwelling, God, through your light and through your truth. You guys ready for this? The light and truth, his name is Jesus. And he is here. In whatever situation you find yourself in this morning, let light and truth lead you. We have hope, and his name is Jesus. And he is saying, this way, sons and daughters, this way, brothers and sisters, come this way to the holy hill, to the mountain, where you get to meet with God every day. Because he gives us his spirit, and it dwells within us. When we take that leap of faith and hope, we have his spirit. And every day is the day we get to sit in the dwelling place of our God, our exceeding joy. So this morning, I am not going to pretend that life is not hard. I often joke with my daughter, I say, life's tough, girl, wear a helmet. Um, because it is, right? There's a reason we have seatbelts in cars, because life is tough. you got to buckle it up, man. So I'm not going to pretend that you haven't been through some stuff. That you, that I know some of you have lost loved ones in this place. I know some of you are walking through financial difficulties. I know some of you are walking through struggles in your marriage or struggles with your sons and your daughters and extended family. I know some of you are struggling in your jobs. Some of you are struggling with purpose and meaning in your life. I'm not just washing that over and say, just believe a little harder. I am not saying that at all this morning. But what I hope you hear this morning is the incredible love that God has for you. And it says, 
Let your light and your truth lead me. Through the pain, through the struggle, through the hurt, let your light lead me. Jesus, lead me. Because apart from you, I'm not sure I'm going to get out. I'm crazy proud of one of our students. She was one of the first to go down the tube, uh, the water, um, in Golden, Colorado. And it's just like a cool place. Um, if you don't see me for a few weeks, I might have moved to Golden, Colorado because it was awesome. Um, and so there's this river going through the town, and we get these tubes, and we're going to um, start uh, floating down the river. Um, and there, so th- there's like this little kind of waterfall where everyone's sitting and watching, taking pictures of everybody. Um, and uh, the water has two little eddies. And so you can go left and get out of the water. That's freezing, by the way. I mean, like Michigan's cold water, but that was like ridiculous. Um, and so that we're in it and we're tubing. And you can get left and get out and get dry and warm up. Or you turn right and you're stuck for, for a little bit until you can like either have someone throw your rope and pull you across. Or you just got to like power through it. Um, and this student, she got caught in the eddy. Oh, man, and her arms got all cut up and beat up a little bit, and her legs were scraped up from the rocks, and, and she just couldn't get out of it. And then eventually she was able to, to move her way out of it. And I think so often in our lives, we get stuck in that eddy of pain and struggle and hurt, and we just say, I can't do it. But then comes a rope that pulls you out, and that rope is Jesus Christ. Let your light and your truth lead me to bring you to your holy hill, into your presence, God, so that I could worship you, that I could praise you. Oh God, my exceeding joy. So again, I know hurts are tough, but I ask you this morning, do you have a hope in God that brings joy, that wells up internally, not because of circumstances, but because of the hope that you have in a reality to come? That God does not waste a pain. God does not waste a hurt, but he is at work in all of them. And this song wraps up this way. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. Trust. Believe. Have a conviction that this is not meaningless. God is at work in this for i shall again praise him my salvation and my god so this morning i ask you and i declare that our hope is in god and is your hope in god is he your salvation is he your refuge is he that place in the midst of the chaos and the darkness You cry out and he redeems and restores and draws you and says, this way, come this way. If your soul is downcast, if you're in the place of the shadow, I invite you to see God for all that he is. This is not a sermon of pick yourself up and and try to make it through life. This is a sermon, this is a word from the Lord. And he says, I am all that you need. He is good. He is salvation. He satisfies the longings of our soul. He is our joy. He is our light. And he is the truth. No matter what the world says. 
John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father. No one is satisfied. No one finds true joy unless they inhale the grace and the love of God. And praise God that when we inhale, we have to exhale. We have to breathe that out. And when we breathe the love and the grace that we've experienced in God, the world changes. Your home changes. Your work changes. Students, your school classroom changes. God has more in store, and it's not because we can do more, but because he is with us. Because he is present. He is our shelter when we are outcasts. And he is our God. And this morning, I invite you to draw near to him. You've heard the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done, what God has done through Jesus to redeem us. We've celebrated that with communion through the blood, representing the blood poured out and the body broken through the bread and the juice. And I invite you to believe in this God, to have a hope that changes your circumstances now. It doesn't take away the pain or the difficulty. But I promise you, the best is yet to come. And that's exactly what our guide told me. As all the other dudes are almost to the summit, and I've got that stinking pack that's heavy on my back, and I'm just like, all right, I got this. And I had to tell myself, come on, get to the top. And I'm climbing these rocks. And I stand on the summit, and I look around, and I say, my God, who am I that you would be mindful of me? That you would care one bit about a mess up like Luke Bilberry. And I hear him whisper to my soul. He says, you are my son. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why is there turmoil within me? I will hope in God, my salvation, my exceeding joy. And I invite you into that this morning. And the psalmist says, all I want to do is come and praise you this morning. So I invite you to stand to your feet and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior who loves you and calls you by name, son and daughter. And may you lift your voices to him because he is worth it. Out of all the universe, he calls you by name. Let us worship.